so Valentine's Day is coming up, and you know I'm married, but my true loves are, are obviously you two guys. Aww. Don't tell Rachel I said that. So I just was have been really thinking about like how because we've been friends for so many years that we're just all on the same wavelengths, right? Yeah. Like we all have the, you know the same favorite food, pizza. pizza. Same favorite color, blue. blue. Same favorite book, the, the Bible. Bible. And same favorite director, Denis Villeneuve. What? All right, maybe we should talk about this. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Canon. My name is Court, joined as always by Noah. Hello. And Andrew. Hi. And today we're going to talk about directors, as we said, in the cold open. But before we do that, I'm going to spring something on the other two. Oh, no. Um... I want to do a quick review. We saw the Lego Movie 2 last oh. night, and I just wanted to maybe talk about it for a couple minutes, spoiler-free. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of give, like, really basic thoughts on whether or not we liked it. I mean, I loved it. I also loved it more than I was expecting to. Oh, it was yeah. good. Because uh, we're talking about directors. The directors for this, Lord and Miller. They're they did directors. not direct they this were, movie. Oh, well, they, well, they were the writers, weren't they? They wrote the they wrote oh. and he'd, Oh, I thought they were directors. All right, no. Well, they're still funny and really <laughs> clever with their writing. I, it was great. Yeah, I don't think the direction is as much a, a thing in this movie. Like no. it's it's mostly carried by the screenplay. Yeah. You know, animated movies they they rely on the direction, but it's not like not know, as necessary. Little, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, the the jokes were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the story was fantastic. There were some yeah. musical numbers that I loved. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the story was better in the first one though. Yeah, I but I still liked that it was a very poignant like family. Yeah. I, I teared thing. up at the end. I honestly. think this one was made more for kids than the first one was. I would agree with that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, it's more about the relationship between the brother and the sister than it is uh, the kid and his dad. Dad, so yeah. uh, that makes more sense because you know mm-hmm. that's not something that parents haven't related to in quite a while, playing toys with their <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> their siblings, but yeah. um. I don't think this is a spoiler, but so like Will Ferrell like isn't really in this movie much. We hear his voice, but um like he's obviously like stopped playing Legos with his son. Like <laughs> yeah. that's sad, right? Yeah, because yeah. he was like <laughs> it, five years have passed since mm-hmm. the first movie um, in real life and also in the movie. Yeah, so. and then so it's like yeah, it's mostly the kid has taken over the entire basement for himself. <laughs> it's yeah. like this is all mine. Sick basement. <laughs> yeah, I'm I was. So I looked pissed. over to Noah like halfway yeah. through this movie, and I was like, "This family's loaded. Do you know how expensive how Legos are? Legos they have goodness gracious. <laughs> like they like each family member has like <laughs> eighteen different large Lego sets, and I'm like, oh my gosh. This movie is basically a giant advertisement for Lego, and that we have to pay for. But it's it's worth, it's it, worth it because yeah. it's such a good. It was a good time. Movie. Yeah. So scale of one to ten. Probably eight, eight point five for me. I'd say eight point five. Yeah. Would you have it at court? Like a seven point five. Wow. Yeah. Alright, well. To each his own. Yeah. <laughs> it was still it was still really enjoyed. Yeah, it was really good. I really liked yeah. it. I'm gonna bop the soundtrack after this <laughs> podcast recording. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so let's jump into directors. I believe Noah said he wanted to go first. Yeah. Um well, let's explain the rules first. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because um we're not just doing any directors no, we decided to go favorites. we decided to do our favorite directors but they have to also be modern so the timeline for that is they had to have made a movie within the last 10 years mm-hmm. 2009 yeah, yeah so 2009 um because we don't want to 
Because, like, there's a lot of great directors. Yeah, we don't, like, Alfred Hitchcock and, like, you know, Stanley Kubrick and all of them. That was kind of before our time, so yeah. we don't really, like, have as much knowledge on those directors. We don't want to, like, be disrespecting right. any of them. There's a lot of greats in the past, but we're just focusing on our current favorites. Yeah. Um, with that being said. <clears throat> yeah, with that said, um, my favorite is Christopher Nolan. Um, we all have talked about his movies a lot you know together and i think even on the podcast too um but he the way he he directs his movies he makes sure to um use a lot of very he doesn't like to use cgi um in interstellar he literally grew his own farm of like millions of acres of corn just for that shot of when they're driving through the cornfield and then he turned around and sold it for a profit but, like, he just does all these things. that He goes out of his way to make sure that the movie feels authentic. He even uh, films on old tape. He doesn't usually do digital stuff. He films on actual tape reels, which I think is really cool. And you can kind of feel that authenticity in the movies themselves. Um, obviously, a lot of his movies are a little bit more, like, cerebral and science fiction-y. Um, but I, I really like that, and I like how most of the time he even tells a story in a very non-linear way, um, which I think is very different and unique to his style of movie. I personally am not such a fan of non-linear storytelling. Really? Because I just don't like... <sighs> Why do you watch Westworld? <laughs> That's a good question. Like, there's some exceptions to that, but like, there's a non-linear episode of How I Met Your Mother. It's my least favorite episode. Like, is that the Super Bowl one? Uh, they're at they some dinner party... Oh, with the parents. Yeah, and then they like keep doing like things happen in the oh, background. And you're like, yeah. what is that? And you don't find out till like later. And I love that like, episode. <laughs> I don't like stuff like that, but yeah. I do like Christopher Nolan movies, yeah. um, even though they confuse me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the only th- movie I think of his that I haven't seen is Insomnia. He made one in 1998 that I haven't seen either. Yeah, um, but like Memento, Inception, obviously Interstellar and Dunkirk, though those all have those kind of non-linear type type of storytelling. As Prestige non-linear. does as well. Prestige, Interstellar, or Inception. Sorry, um, they're not. I guess they're, they're Prestige, more. Prestige is non-linear. Yeah, they're they're more linear than Inter. Well, <laughs> Memento's the most yeah, yeah, non-linear, yeah, and Dunkirk is also pretty non-linear as well with it's just kind Dunkirk, of you have to have like a like, chart to like yeah understand. it's a flow chart of <laughs> this happens here and then this is over there and but that's <clears throat> that that is purposeful and it's intended to like kind of stress out and shake and disorient the viewer um which is kind of what he's going for in that war torn type world war ii movie um so i think it works for for how he's making it but I just I really respect how he is very detail oriented, and um, I think the dialogue is also really sharp in his movies too. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's there's I, other I, people. I, well, I think there's yeah there's other better wittier like you know um, the guy who wrote the Social Network obviously. The guy. I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. Thank you. Love of my life. Um, but, I mean, like, I'm not saying it's better than a freaking Michael Bay movie, you know? It's not, like, dumbed down so that, you know, a baby can write the dialogue. I don't know, man. When, um, I can't think of his name. Mark Wahlberg? When Mark Wahlberg <laughs> delivered the line, I'm an inventor. I was just, like, just, <laughs> I like, peak writing. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't care if it's an E, a dollar sign, or an emoji. <laughs> Stop. Um, the great film. The this isn't really Christopher Nolan's fault, but something I think that is interesting is the editing in his movies. Mm. They go from being sometimes like genius to being like I what is going on <laughs> honestly at the moment. Like um, like in so like what? you know it. Uh, I wrote a paper on this actually Ooh. in Inception. Mm-hmm. The editing <clears throat> is pretty great. Um, because uh especially when they're juggling like three different Events layers happening. of the dream right yeah um it really helps get you get a sense of like what's going on during what time and it helps you like mm-hmm. um understand that scene really well but then in like the the batman movies there's like i feel like there aren't as many establishing shots as there should be and i'm like a little confused sometimes and it feels like we're just kind of like jumped from one scene to the next yeah. and like one scene didn't end well dark knight rises is probably the worst case of yeah his editing, that's that's what i'm thinking of the movie. most yeah is the dark knight rises but that said in all of his movies the soundtracks are amazing he works like almost exclusively with hans zimmer in the scores yeah, what did I say? Soundtrack. Yeah, whatever. Same thing. Um, <laughs> not nope, same not thing. at all. <laughs> um, no, he works with Hans Zimmer, and he knows how to work with Hans Zimmer and bring out the best in him. And I think vice versa, Hans Zimmer really works well with those movies, um, and they have just phenomenal and very memorable uh, scores. Yeah, uh, I I listen to the uh, Interstellar soundtrack a lot when I'm. Uh studying or something do that with the inception soundtrack it's pretty like it's lit the interstellar soundtrack is pretty like melodramatic though Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah gets me all sad and stuff (laughs) (laughs) just like uh melancholy yeah i used to listen to the dark knight rises soundtrack when i would write journal articles Mm. for um not journal articles like journals for um a British literature class I had to do back in high school. We had to, like, write five journals each week. And so I would write about serial killers. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> and what I liked about the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack, it was, like, really intense. Yeah. And so I would get, like, really creeped out when I would write them. <laughs> um, and they were, like, I got so creepy that my teacher was, like, I can't read these at nighttime. Like, I have to, like, oh, read gosh. them during the day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you, it was effective writing, then. Yeah. You should go Just see the like Ted Chris Bundy movie and write a... It got bad reviews. Yeah, I got terrible reviews. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Sad. Sad Christmas. Well, if do we have anything else to say about Christopher Nolan? I mean, he's he's definitely up there as like one of my favorites. Yeah. I think Inception is probably in my top five movies of all time. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I just thought of another director. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because just the other day, I was in the car with someone. Maybe it was you. And I was like... It's been a while since like Dunkirk. Like, when's the next yeah. Christopher Nolan movie coming out? And then I think later, you were talking with Corey yeah. about it, and I sent you guys the article. Yeah, yeah. and then later that day, we got they, they got a release date yeah, for his like, next hey, movie, and it's I was coming like, out then. <laughs> I was like, like wow, well, I'm a prophet. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> we we love his work, and I'm excited to see what his next movie is. I hope he goes back to sci-fi. Honestly. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he like, will. I wasn't as big a fan of Dunkirk, but that's just because I don't really like war movies that much. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think Saving Private Ryan is, like, the only, like, war movie that I've ever been like, wow, I really like this. Mm. 
Yeah, I saw Dunkirk and IMAX, though, and that gave me some hard PTSD. <laughs> Let me tell you what. That's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. that was rough. Yeah. The, just a lot of loud just, noises. Yeah the, the, yeah, the sound was, like, insane. Like, I thought I was actually getting shot. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah, my dad saw it with me, and he was like, between, like, the loud noises and their accents, I couldn't understand <laughs> anything. <laughs> All right, court. Court, court. I you just changed mine. I literally just changed mine. Narrow <laughs> down your list um, from like 20. Yeah, no, it's only 10 ish. Okay. Um, ish. <laughs> yeah, this is really hard because I watch a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, and so jumping around from people like Wes Anderson to Hayao Miyazaki to Martin Scorsese, um, like, there's just like, I watched just like a wide variety of stuff. And so it was really hard for me to like pick one. And so mm-hmm. the one that I had decided on this morning finally was James Cameron because James Cameron has directed, like, some of my favorite movies, like Terminator 2 and Aliens. Um, you, like, just made the cut there, because Avatar was in 2009, I know. It? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he hasn't made a movie since then. Now, granted, like, three Avatar movies are about to come out in, like, yeah. succession, so whatever, but... Yeah, but then I made the <laughs> mention that Inception is in my top five, and another movie that's in my top five is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, mm, um, which leads yes. me to talk about Edgar Wright, who might be my favorite director. Um, I love Edgar Wright. Yeah, I hadn't seen an Edgar Wright movie up until about two or three years ago when really? I watched Shaun of the Dead for the first time, oh, wow. um, and I was just instantly like amazed, because... The way that he shoots his movies and then edits them is honestly one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my entire life. Probably the sharpest editing um, out there, arguably. And so I watched the Cornetto film, the Cornetto film trilogy, mm-hmm. and then I watched The Baby Driver in theaters, and then I had one movie left, and that was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. And I've seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World six or seven times in the last two years since I've wow. seen it for the first time. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think Edgar Wright has, like, a really good understanding, like I said, of shooting and editing, like, really, like, quick scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good writer. Um, but his film scores are really good, too, um, especially seen in Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, yep. I just always have, like, a really good time watching his movies, and I think just an unforgivable crime of Marvel's. <laughs> He'll never get over I it. I will never get over this. Is um, When they kicked just, him off Ant-Man. Yeah, did they kick yeah. him off or did he leave? I, I can't it remember. Probably, probably a mix of both. Watching Ant-Man, there are just things you can like see where it was like, man, Edgar Wright did that. Whether it's mm-hmm. like Michael Pena's like, talking fast thing mm-hmm. or um, the fight on the train tracks. like Those are Edgar Wright things. Um, oh, speaking of that really quickly, the Michael Pena talking fast thing was not as good in Well, they only used it like once. Yeah, they did. And it, There's it a just, lot of things It wasn't worse. written as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand why people want like him to like recap like the MCU <laughs> before Endgame. In, in, Endgame, yeah. Unless they get like, Edgar Wright to like write it. Right. I think that's the only way I'd ever be like, I guess I could like get down with that. Yeah. But yeah, Edgar Wright. These um, movies are really good. So the first time I ever watched an Edgar Wright movie was it was like two years ago or something uh my friend was we we were planning a movie night like me and a bunch of other people and one of my friends was like we should watch this movie called at world's end and i only like i'd only we watched that together yeah i think we were all part of that group i had only heard the name 
of the film, so I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I think I I knew what the yeah. movie was a little bit more than I, most I of did, the group. I didn't. So we we started watching this movie, and it starts off with this guy, and he's like, "We have to get the gang back together so we can do a bar crawl or whatever." Yeah. Um. So they start the bar crawl, and that's this is like. 15 to 20 minutes into the movie and Probably we're more than that it's, it's, maybe yeah. even close to 30 it's about 30 yeah so you get a sense of what this movie's about like you're they're 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 friends they're doing a bar crawl they're like it's funny yeah, yeah. they're they're strained over the years but they're like trying to make it work mm-hmm. all this stuff and then about like like i said like 30 minutes maybe 45 into the movie it takes a sharp right it turn. It takes a sharp right turn. <laughs> Freaking dudes' heads start exploding, and there's, like, blue goop everywhere, yeah. and you find out the whole town is, like, aliens, and you're like, <laughs> what is happening? It's happening. <laughs> it's beautiful. So that was my first introduction to Edgar Wright. Was... I think I, I, had, I either knew what the movie was or I'd seen the trailer where that fight in the bathroom scene, like, that where the guy's head explodes. Like I, So I knew what was going to happen. And so when that happened, everyone in the room just went, what in the world? Like, what is going on? Everyone freaked out because it was so out of the blue. And Did they reveal that in a trailer? Because I saw a trailer in the theater, and it just looked like a funny like movie about guys like going on a bar call. And I was like, that looks hilarious. I'm trying to remember. If, if it wasn't in a trailer, then I had seen the scene somewhere else before because I, I knew what was coming. Um, so if it wasn't in the trailer, I somehow got exposed to it and yeah. spoiled that weird twist. But um, his movies are great. Yeah. Yeah. I the, think Ed World's End is my least favorite of his, though. I think Hot Fuzz is actually my least favorite. I like them all serious? a lot. Hot Fuzz, the ending kind of does it for me. <gasps> I've either seen so Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, but not the other. And I forget <laughs> which. It's the one where they're cops. Like, Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, okay. I've seen Hot Fuzz. I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead. Though. Movie night. Yeah, we're watching Shaun of the Dead. It's great. Um, I really like the editing in Baby Driver. How he like syncs the gunshots up to the music that's yeah. playing very, or whatever. Very good. It's really cool. The opening scene is amazing. Oh my yeah. word! Yeah. Um, is are, they're making a second Baby Driver, aren't they? That's yeah. the rumor. Yeah. They probably shouldn't. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned. Is that the first like real sequel that Edgar Wright has yes. done? Yes. Okay, because the Cornetta trilogy isn't really they're connected. like similar but they're not yeah they have similar scenes literally just like they have like the ice cream cone in each movie and that's the they have a fence jumping scene in each one that's where, true um the fence jumping seven scene peg. In, thank you yeah seven peg does that and hot fuzz is pretty funny yeah do you like seven peg more in like those movies or in um the mission impossible movies I love Simon Pegg, period. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he's amazing. But, like, I think these are, like, arguably, like, two of his most, like, oh, iconic... Oh, and he's also in Star Trek as well. Oh, crap, you're right. Yeah. He's okay, great. Never mind. I love Simon Pegg. <laughs> he's also in Star Wars, The Force yeah. Awakens. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's that weird, gross glob yeah. thing. Edgar Wright's one of those directors who likes to work with the people yeah. quite a few times. Chris Nolan, Nolan does, does the same thing. Yeah. Nolan, Nolan does the same as well. Yeah. Joss Whedon, he was another guy on my list. He does the same thing. <laughs> Alright, so uh, do we have anything else on uh, good old Edgar? Something. I have nothing. Alright. Alright, uh, I'll finish up here. Go for um, it. I really thought about when we first decided to do this, I was like, I'm going to pick J.J. Abrams. Really? Um, I like him. Then I, well, I looked at his filmography, and he's but... actually directed way fewer movies than I 
I thought he's mostly just a producer. Yeah. He produces a lot of things. He directed a lot of like episodes of different TV shows here and there. Lost Felicity. Yeah. Um. So like, really, he started like really making movies with Star Trek, actually, which was kind of surprising to me. Cooper. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Don't wait. He produced that. He produced that. Never mind. My bad. I think he's no Steel, gonna, Spielberg directed oh, it. Oh yeah, that's right. Anyway, if, if Star Trek wasn't the first, it was like the second or yeah. something. Um, I really thought about doing him, but then I was like, eh, <laughs> eh. I, I I love J.J. Abrams, but like, I feel like there's something better. Um, and so I decided to go with uh, my boy Denis Villeneuve, who is uh, just kind of now making a name for himself. Um, by the way, J.J. Abrams was the director for Super. Oh, 8. I was right. I was right. Oh, Super Eight. <laughs> you said yeah. you said Spielberg. I but I was right the first time. <laughs> yeah, you directed <laughs> Super Eight. Um. Uh, yeah. So Denis, he he's a French Canadian filmmaker. Um. So he made quite a few movies in the early two thousands that are very foreign films. Yeah, yeah. So there are foreign films. I haven't really seen them honestly. Yeah. Uh, foreign films aren't my forte. Mm-hmm. Um, his first like real international film, his real big one was Prisoners, uh, which I haven't seen. I really That's want to Hugh though. Jackman, it's right? got Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake, Jake. Gyllenhaalay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we got that from Netflix like right before I went to college, and so I wasn't able to watch it. Um, <sighs> and so my dad watched it, and he was like, "Yeah, that was like one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my entire life." Yeah, I've heard life. it's very dark. It's on my list. Um. He's also directed Sicario, mm. which I watched recently. Great, great movie. Um, it's good. It's not my... Not your cup of tea. Yeah. He also directed Arrival, which is the first movie I saw by him. Yeah. And uh, Blade Runner 2049. Another great movie. Uh, and then he's currently working on Dune, which is based off of mm. the uh, highest selling sci-fi book ever, by the really? way. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. So, I, I love this guy. I looked up his writing credits. He hasn't written any of... He did, he barely writes his movies, mm-hmm. honestly. He didn't write Sicario or Arrival or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really big on these movies because of the writing. The writing is great, don't get me wrong. Um, but just what he does with the screenplay is, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> superb. Um, he has such a great understanding of, like the rules to directing and he like does them so well um with sicario you're thrown into this like mexican drug cartel war essentially um and it could be really overwhelming but uh the story follows emily blunt's character um as she kind of is also thrown in and it gives you a character that's like relatable um and that you can follow and that you see things from her perspective and this is really evident in the direction um like you early on in the film there's an incident that happens and then she has to be like debriefed basically um so she goes into this boardroom where there's like a bunch of dudes sitting around a table and they're like interrogating her Mm -hmm. um and you really see things from her perspective because he films this one shot where you have Emily Blunt but facing away from the camera and then you see each and every guy who's at the table all in the same shot. So each one takes turns talking and you can 
like she would be doing, like looking back and forth between the two people, like you either looking at who's talking or you can see the people's reactions who are not talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they really want you to notice somebody specific, then that's when they go in for a tight shot of them. Yeah. Um, or there's another scene where she's like ha- having a mission debrief. Um, and you see everyone in the room, but you see them from her point of view. You don't, like, see them from... They're not all tight shots of that specific mm-hmm. person. You see them from the angle in which she's sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, which is such, like, a cool way of, like, she's uncomfortable with the situation because she does, like, doesn't know all these people around her, mm-hmm. and now you're feeling the same way because, like, you're seeing what she's seeing. Um, he has a, a lot of his main characters are very somber characters like her and sicario obviously ryan gosling in 2049 amy adams and yeah, amy adams in arrival they're all very like melancholy and just like they're not really ecstatic they're not really super depressed they're just kind of there and they're products of their surroundings really yeah he's not he's definitely not like a comedic no kind of director no. at all um which is interesting for me because i'm I really like comedies. Yeah. I was going to say, those characters aren't exactly put in, like, musical situations. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're very good at putting just a normal character who's, like, then thrust into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with Arrival, um, Arrival's great at, like, showing and not telling. Um, yeah. Like, there, there's a scene where they're entering the spaceship, mm-hmm. and they're, like, they have to go up up this like large shaft and she's like yeah. how the heck are we getting up there there's like no ladder or anything i don't know how to do that so this one guy he takes like a glow stick he cracks it and he just chucks it upward and about halfway up it like um lands on the side indicating that like the gravity shifts Shit, halfway up so cool. i'm like that's such like a cool little thing where you could have easily had someone say well halfway up the gravity is <laughs> gonna shift so just yeah. take a jump and you'll be fine yeah but he takes that moment as like a perfect show don't tell and then he shows you and he doesn't explain then people just start leaping and you're like wow this you're is like awesome. yeah that's awesome um that also that movie the way that it is shot and filmed and edited the way the intro happens you see the entire movie differently as opposed to like, well, that's how it is in the short story yeah and but it's so cool it's so cool that it like he does that so well that the movie moves from that I, I would not give him credit for that that is the book is it a book or it's a short story oh, okay um the yeah he does that really well on arrival um blade runner 2049 we watched the original blade runner i was bored. and then we saw 2049 2049 is a really long movie as is the first one yeah so um the first one is but i boring. i adore 2049. I liked the first one, yeah. but I I like 2049 a lot more honestly. Yeah, I think it's better. I, um, I like them equally. I think they both have really good visuals. I think the stories yeah. are just kind of like whatever. I really like the story in 2049 actually more yeah. than I liked um, same the first one, um, which is another thing I was going to talk about. Like he does there's a there's large twists in you know Arrival and 2049. Um, I would even say arguably Sicario too with um Okay, I won't finish the, I won't I won't spoil it for yeah, you. Yeah. Um <laughs> but that. They're they're both done really well. Like I'm usually able to pick out a twist pretty easily. That's just something that I've like I've seen enough movies that I'm like right. I know what they're doing here. Yeah. Um But with those at least those two specific films, like they 
really give you a sense of you know what's going on story-wise and then they kind of like turn it on its head later but in such a way that you're like you don't feel like really cheated because you're like oh that makes perfect sense within the confines of the story and the universe and Mm -hmm. like um just the steady drip of information and arrival that leads you to the end conclusion is just like amazing and i've seen arrival like three or four times now i think same yeah um and i love it so much um how many times have you seen it i've only seen it for once Wow. You should go back and watch it sometime. It's, it's on my... <laughs> it's got, it's got great 200 movies that I want to watch. <laughs> I do not have time to re-watch a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, that's why. I'm really excited for Dune. It has a great cast. Holy smokes, the cast is ridiculous. Um, I'm currently reading the book itself because I'm that excited for the movie. Yeah. Um, he's splitting it into two, which reading the book I understand oh, okay. perfectly. Um, and I'm really excited for both films, honestly. So yeah. that kind of scares me a little, though, because like that has not been done well yet. Like looking at um, Twilight, Twilight Harry games. Potter, yeah. Divergent. Yeah. I think if anyone's gonna do it well, though, it's gonna be Denny. It's gonna be Denny. Yeah, I was honestly surprised you didn't pick Damien Chazelle. He's only done two movies. He's done three movies. He's done three movies. My bad. He's done. I really like him, but like they're also not my type of movies. Like they're, I, I they're love Whiplash. Yeah. Uh, La La Land's great, but it's not my kind of movie. I and love First Man was pretty good. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Damien Chazelle was also on the list because Whiplash yeah. is also in my top five. Yeah, Whiplash. The editing in that movie is insane. Is, is amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I gotta go with like if there's one director who you're like that person's gonna make a movie, and I'm just like on board to see it already. That's yeah. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we were excited to share our directors with you, even if some of us chose ours about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> um, In the recording. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Can It. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, and iTunes. 